Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. We're busy with this, uh, this series on our true reality. What is our true reality? What is it, what's really going on? That's, the, that's what we can ask ourselves. And I think a lot of people are asking this question, what's really going on? And uh, just in a conversation yesterday as well that I had with someone, um, said that we have these conversations and maybe in, in, in university or in intellectual uh, conversations or maybe even with family around the dinner table or on weekends when you spend uh, time with, uh, with your extended family. Um, you can have these conversations about God and about the Bible and about where do we come from and about what is God really up on and is He real and where does He come from. And, and I just say to someone, listen, we need to be careful that we're not just entertaining a debate. We, we need to be purposeful and we need to be discerning on who do we spend our time with. And that's really very important because some people will just... That they like that you're different and they want to sort of test their opinion against yours and give them some of your time, but don't give them all of your time because we need to make disciples. And disciples really are receivers. They are receiving. They are being fed off the house. They're not just tasting. You know, they, you, you go to a, a nice mall or a nice store and if sometimes you go on Saturday mornings, they've got the Budavor stand um, and then they got the tasters out there. And then you go to the cheese stand and they've got some little pieces of cheese. And they, they're actually just giving you a taste because they want you to buy. They want you to partake. They want you to, to take the full pack and to take the cheese and the, and the buddhavosh and to buy the rolls and get everything. And that's really what we want for you. We don't want you to just taste. We want you to partake. We want you to, to indulge. We want you to feed uh, what we've got. And then obviously as you feed and as you grow, then you'll be able to serve that to others also. Um, and that's really that what, what the word says in Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy, says, teach those who are able to teach others also. Um, so again, some people are just seeking for entertainment or to, to sort of sharpen their skills in debate. But those who want to seek with all their heart, those are the ones who find. Um, and I just felt that just for, for someone, you know, like you, you, you're doing great ministry, but there's also time to shake the dust and move on. Um, because there's a world out there that needs Christ. Um, so I'm not saying don't, don't share Jesus. I'm saying just be wise stewards of the gospel. Um, be wise stewards of your time. And as we go into, into this. So Hebrews 12 and verse 9, this verse really blesses me. And, and we've looked, I think this is part 5 of the series. So we've come a, a long way and we're building again on this. So Hebrews 12 and verse 9 says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? So, yes, you have a flesh, but you also have a spirit. If you're born again, you're now a spirit man, spirit woman, spirit being, actually, because you're neither male nor female. You are spirit. You are one with God. Your spirit is now one with His spirit. And where do you come from? Last week and the week before, we spoke about you are born of God. You're born of above. You're born of the spirit. You're born out of heaven. You're no longer just a dust man. You are now a spiritual being. And this is so beautiful. This is the God the Father is the Father of spirits. In another verse, it says He's the Father of lights. And uh, recently we've spoken about that and to take that all the way back to Genesis 1 where there's the firmament. And in Daniel it's also confirmed that those who, who are saved really is the firmament of light. 
So I believe in Abraham, there's two promises to him. It says you'll um, have children as many as the dust or the sand of the earth and as many as the stars of the sky. And I believe the first one is Israel. It is natural man. But then we partake of the many children as the stars of the sky because we're now spiritual beings. We're now heavenly creatures. Uh, so really, the, the, the kingdom came through the line and the lineage of Abraham and David, but it didn't stay there. Because the true king is now spiritual. And now we enter into what Galatians says, the true Israel, the real people of God, which is the spiritual beings. And that's really what's going on. Okay, so everyone with me. There's a real reality and it's not what you can see. It's not what you can smell, taste, hear or feel. The true reality, the real truth, what's really going on is spiritual, but we live it out in this world. And I think what comes to mind and some of the feedback that I've heard is, so how do we live this life? in the flesh, if we're actually heavenly creatures and heavenly beings? That's a good question. And maybe we'll answer a little bit of that this morning, because even Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So this morning at uh, 3.42, when uh, um, Bradley woke up, my spirit was willing to give him a bottle, but my flesh was weak and wanting to get up or not wanting to get up. So this is real. The struggle is real, okay? So I'm not saying this is just easy. I'm just saying this is the true reality. And we need to now train ourselves to live more according to the spiritual side of us. The Word speaks about putting on the new man, putting, on, um, putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And, and that's one of the teachings we'll get to. I've had it like in, in the front of mind, but I feel God's just building us up towards that. So that's really, I believe, where we're going to have the crescendo of the series. But when we believe the gospel, we receive, or did receive, past tense, a new birth. We are now born of God, born from above. We are born of the Spirit. And we spoke it, we, we, we're not just born again. We have a second birth. And the second birth is different. And in, in John 3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, no, you can't enter back into your mother's belly or womb and, and come back out again. Because, I mean, some of us don't have mothers anymore by the time we get saved. So that, that can't be it. So you're born from a different dimension. You're born of God. You're born of the Spirit. You're now a spiritual being, and that's really what's going on. And now the challenge is for us to realize and to, to, to renew our minds to the spiritual side of things. And I really believe if you want to simplify the Bible, that's really what it boils down to. There's a carnal man and there's a spiritual man. Uh, there's a carnal tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's nice to the eyes, nice to the touch, it's delicious, it uh, brings intelligence. And then there's the spiritual side, which is the tree of life. And then Jesus, or God says to, to the Israelites, He says, blessing and cursing, life and death I put in front of you. Choose life. Why? That you and your seed may live. And that's what I'm putting to you this morning again. It's like, uh, choose life. Okay? <laughs> there's, there's, there's many ways to do life, but choose life, capital L. Choose life, capital L. And that's why you see, uh, I'll often use words like life and capitals, love and capitals, because it's not a concept, it's a person. Uh, reign in life, capital L, because we reign in Christ. Because Romans 5.17 says that we reign in this life through an abundance of grace, through receiving an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, which we spoke about last week, that you have the gift of righteousness. You've been made righteous. You're a slave to righteousness, which means if you're in Christ, you can do nothing about your righteousness. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good news for me. Um, like, I'm a slave to righteousness, and I've got no say in it, because I am made righteous. I was gifted His righteousness, the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, now that we are fresh and new, that's really what the Word speaks about in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Everything is fresh and new. Amen? It's like new bread every day. You know, where we live, the bread is, uh, is, is too fresh for too long. 
Okay? If you go to Willie's and you buy a nice white bread and like five, six days later it's still fresh and soft, we've got a problem here actually. Um, if you go to Albania where the bread is really fresh and organic and it's not like they don't label it organic, they don't charge you extra for it, it's just that's the bread that there is. If you buy it in the morning, by the evening it's stale. By the afternoon it's stale. You actually buy bread twice a day there. Uh, we eat a lot of bread when we go there. But that, that, we, need, we need fresh every day. We need to have fresh bread, fresh manna from heaven every day. We need to, to be renewed in our thinking and the grace and the righteousness of who we are in Christ Jesus and our completeness and our perfection. We need, to, we need it every day. Now, you don't go to hell if you don't get it every day. You just go hungry. Amen? You, you, you go unrefreshed, and we want you to be refreshed in this. So we need to know that we, ourselves, in Christ, are now fresh and new. What started off in the Spirit should remain spiritual, though. And that's really the book of Galatians. You started off in the Spirit. That doesn't mean when you're born. It means when you're born from above. Now why do you go back into doing religious duty? Why do you fall back into works to try and obtain this? As you've received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. How did you receive Him? By grace through faith. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. So why do you want to now fall back into works and acts and sacraments and duties and things? You've received Him by grace through faith. Now live that way. You've received the spiritual birth. Walk that way. Live accordingly. That's really the invitation of the Word. So everything that is fresh and new, we should not fall back into our own efforts to be or remain right with God. Galatians 3 verse 3 from the New Living says... How foolish can you be? Go okay, ask yourself this morning, how foolish can I be? We need to make this for ourselves personal. After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? So what we really have a misunderstanding of is our perfection. But Peter, again, yesterday I wasn't perfect. This morning on the way here, someone cut in front of me or the load shedding or the kettle or the coffee was burned or the toast wasn't good. So I know I'm not perfect. Well, not in, your, in the spirit. <laughs> the spirit is perfect. The spirit is complete. And uh, the flesh is weak. Okay? The flesh remains weak. That's why we're going to get a new body. What, what, what the Corinthians speaks about is we're going to get a new body. Okay? So it's going to get better than this, but we need to get there. We need to get to the end, and we can get there with the Spirit that we're going to have forever. The Christian life is lived in the Spirit, and then it overflows in the natural. That's very important. The Spirit life is the Christian life, and it overflows into the natural. We are complete in Christ, and listen to this, and Christ is completely in us. I'm going to say that again. We are complete in Christ, but we have the completeness of Christ in us. Come on, guys, that's better news than, 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 than that. You have all of God in a body in you. Now, Colossians 2 says, the fullness of God in a body in Christ. And now, verse 9 and 10 says, now you are complete in Him. How much of your Christian life is trying to attain or keep or fill up your completeness? I don't know. I'm asking. I know what it used to be for me. I need to just do this, just pray more, just get up, just give more, just do this, just, just to keep full. Fan up the flame, stir up the gift. That's, not, that's something different. That's something completely different. You have the fullness of who God is in a body. And that's really the purpose of the flesh. And that's the title for my message this morning. What is the purpose of the flesh? What is the purpose of the flesh if we are always meant to be spiritual? Or that was the plan from the beginning. Well, firstly, you had to choose. 
Because God gave us an option. He gave us a choice. Life and death, blessing and cursing, I put in front of you. This is the good right, this is the right answer. Choose life. Choose the spirit. But you choose. God is not in control of everything. Sorry. He's almighty, he's big, he's great, he's, he's all those things, but he's not in control of everything. Because then there wouldn't be any open chairs here this morning. God is not in control of everything. The worst, worst, worst comment I've ever heard was at a funeral. And the pastor, not from Grace Life, he said, God is not picking flowers for heaven. And we agreed. We don't believe that. He says, because jylle is a klomp verlepte blomme en God wil nie jylle verlepte blomme in die himmel heen. That went bad very quickly. Very quickly went very south. I was shocked. Shane was next to me. He was shocked. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're not a verlep the bloom. You are complete. You are perfect. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are one with God, one with the Spirit. You are complete in Christ. You are perfected forever. You're born from above. You're born of God. Therefore, you're already with God. Therefore, God doesn't need to take you there. Ephesians 2 and verse 6 says, We are seated where? In Christ, where? In the heavenlies. The heavenlies is not golden streets. The heavenlies is a spiritual realm. We are seated in the Spirit. We need to live from that place. Before the cross, we pray, and Jesus says, this is how you pray. You pray, Father, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. It's a plead. It's a calling down. Now, Ephesians 2, 6 says, now you are seated in heaven. And then Romans five seventeen says, now reign in life. This life. Why? Because you're already kings in heaven. Now reign in this life, take your authority and give decrees on earth because you know how it should be because you're living in the spiritual realm. So as God said from within the spirit, let there be light and there was light. Now you live in heaven. So what you speak carries the same weight because you've got the righteousness of God and you're actually in God. You're in Christ Jesus. You're one with him according to John 17. And now we say, let there be light and we need to expect there be light. Amen. Not plead God, if you will. We need to know the will of God. It's not mysterious. His ways are higher than our ways, yes, because it's spiritual. That's what it means. It's not mysterious. The mystery, by the way, has been revealed. I don't know about you, but Colossians 1.27 says, The mystery that was hid from ages and generations has now been revealed. It's not mystical. God is not, not, not unknown. He's not uncertain. He is complete and perfect and settled and we can know what God is about. Amen? His ways are higher than our ways because He is no longer of the dust. He is of the Spirit. So we need to enter into His ways, which is the higher ways, which is the spiritual ways. And we need the New Testament to understand that from the Old. Amen? How did God make that possible? Through the veil, which is His flesh. Okay? So the purpose of the flesh was so that Jesus could come in our bodies, like us, one of us, He became as one of us, so that we could understand. Because we were just flesh and dust, and we didn't understand the spiritual. So He came and he, he walked it out, the Spirit, in a man. He showed us the way. But now we camp there, unfortunately, a lot of us, and a lot of the church internationally, and for ages and generations, it feels. And 2 Corinthians 5.16 is really like, it's shaken me to the core of late. It says, we do not consider Christ according to the flesh. So you can live like Jesus of the chosen. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's more. 
I watch The Chosen. I enjoy The Chosen. It blesses me. But there's more. I do not consider God according to the flesh. No, I consider Him according to the Spirit. It changes a few things. I, swear, I, I, I met with family this week and, and, and I, I, gave a, I gave a download. Amen? Like I went for it. And the person said, yes, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I said, yes, but it's how we walk it out where people stumble. Because I tell you you're complete, but you still want to hold on to things that you think complete you. But if you're complete, you're complete. If you're one with God, you're one with God. If you're perfect, you're perfect. So, let's not go there this morning. We are not our own workmanship. Amen? You did not make yourself. You did not make yourself. You did not make yourself righteous. You received the gift of righteousness. You received who you are. You are His workmanship. You created where? In Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are His workmanship. Created where? In Christ. We, we need to understand our position. You were created. Everything will restart now. Thank you for load shedding. The church in China is having it worse this morning, by the way. We'll be okay. We are created in Christ Jesus. For good works. He said works in a grace church. How can you? Well, otherwise you're not going to live the purpose that you've got. You're going to to be miserable. If you're going to sit under the tree of God's love and enjoy Papa Father, and you're going to be miserable. Do that to go out. Do that to stir up, to fill up, to go out. Fill up to overflow. Gather to grow, to go, to flow, to go for it with God. Which God prepared before that we should walk in them. That's a walk. It's not a, it's not a work to do the works of God. It's a walk. It's not tedious. It's not stressful. It is life. I don't know about you, but if you... I can't remember when last I had the opportunity, but if you just sit and watch series for a whole day, maybe there's a word for someone. Get up. <laughs> God says, get up. Because by the end of the day, you feel miserable. You need fresh air. You need to, to have your blood circulate. You need to get out. You need to get up. You need to walk. And it feels good. Amen? We need to get up and we need to walk out what God has placed inside of us. 2 Timothy 3 and 14 says, But continue thou the things which you have learned and heard and assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that's really why it's so important for us to be amongst each other. Because we need to know each other. I can't just tell you things and you don't know me. Because that's not what the Word says. The Word says you need to know who you're receiving from. You need to know. And, and I mean, that's why we often share maybe more than you would want to share of yourselves. We need, because our position in this church and leadership necessitates that we be open. That we invite you sometimes into the mess of our lives as well. And say, hey, we, we, we're still figuring it out, by the way. We know what the Word says, but we're still, we're still figuring it out. Amen? So come with us. Let's, let's figure it out together. Because we need to know each other. We need to be known of each other. And that from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, speaking of the Old Testament, by the way, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So even the Old Testament was about salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. If you read the Old Testament, go search for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Otherwise, you're going to read the Old Testament and you're going to read it for the flesh. And you're going to be very confused. But the Old Testament was written as a story to the flesh 
but with a higher being, a higher way, and a true reality, which is spiritual. Because even in Hebrews 11, it speaks about that Moses knew and thought and wrote about Christ. Jesus says in Matthew 5 that, that you read the Scriptures, you read the Old Testament, because you think in them you have eternal life, but they are those very Scriptures that write about me. Okay, so why do we then read about Samson and Moses and, and Gideon? I mean, we, can, we have ministries and NGOs built on Gideon and Nehemiah, and, 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 and it's all good. But I want to show you there's more. There's more to the story. It's spiritual. It's pointing to Christ. It's always pointed to Christ. And, uh, and, and we'll end off with why we miss it. Verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It doesn't mean the Scripture shows you how to, to become righteous. It does, actually. It says, be one with Christ. And now the instruction is, how do you live out that righteousness? So I give you a car, and I give you the manual to the car, and most of us don't read the manual until we need the manual, until a light pops or something goes, or, or we hear a sound that we're not used to. Now we, and then you, you go for the index. and you, The Bible is that bookie, by the way. Read it. <laughs> it instructs you in righteousness. It shows you who you are, and it shows you how to live according to who you now are. Because Colossians 3 says, stop sinning. Stop sinning because you're no longer a sinner. Yes, you struggle with these things. You used to struggle with them. You were ashamed of them. Some of the things we did in our youth were ashamed of. But guess what? You're no longer there. You're now above. You're a heavenly man. Live like it. That's the missions of Colossians 3. Guess what? It's built on Colossians 2, which is you are complete in Christ, which is built on Colossians 1, which says the mystery has been revealed. And Christ in you now is the hope of glory. So we cannot jump into Colossians 3 and try and fix our behavior if we don't come from Colossians 2, our completeness in Christ, and if we don't come from Colossians 1 that says it's all in Christ and the mystery has now been revealed. That's why I preach Christ. I preach Him crucified. I preach the simplicity of Christ because I know that's changed me. That's gotten me out of a lot of trouble, a lot of mistakes, a lot of temptations, and a lot of different things that held me back in the flesh. But now the Word says, Paul says, it is efficient, it is sufficient to some, what, um, um, physical training, Profitive some. But spiritual training, profitive all. I'm not quoting it like, uh, like, like Acts, you know. Somewhere it's written. <laughs> when the Bible was written, there wasn't verses and in, in, in chapters, so don't worry. The word's still... You, 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 how do you minister to someone the word if they don't want to hear about the Bible? Just speak the Bible without the address. It's not the address that gets people saved. It's the gospel. It's the word of truth. Peter said to Jesus, you've got the words of life. So just speak the gospel. That's what I do. I'll go to, I've been in a conference, a Robert Kiyosaki conference in this building. And I sat there and I quoted the verses that they had in their slides. They didn't say Psalm this says that or Proverbs this says that. But it works. But guess what? All of that works in a carnal sense. So yes, we can live it in a carnal, but there's much more. Romans 5 says there's much more. I don't know about you. I'm going for the much more. Now, verse 16. For instruction in righteousness. Why? We need to ask why a bit more when we read the Bible. Why does it say this? Why do I need instruction in righteousness? That the man of God... Now, ladies, 
The King James is the most sexist translation of all. Okay? So we can say that the person, that the child of God, amen? So don't say, I'm just reading, I'm not doing my studies. I like the King James, but I don't like that part. Amen? Because it's not just men. Because Galatians says in the Spirit, there's no male nor female. It's people, it's persons, it's the children of God. Amen? That the children of God, can we say, may be perfect. That word perfect there could also be translated fresh and complete. If a baby is born, what do they do? They hear if they scream, and then they count their toes and their fingers. <laughs> Amen? So that baby is then fresh and complete. That's how God sees you. But now He wants you to grow up. He wants you to no longer just want milk, but to get meat. To study the Word, not just read it. To, to get indoctrinated with the doctrine of Christ. To, to feed on the meat of the Word so that we can walk, so that we can be thoroughly, thoroughly furnished or equipped for every good work. We, we're not just going out by ourselves, by the way. We need the training. Now, think about the Matrix, where he gets those downloads, if you ever watch the movie. He gets these downloads, and then he's a samurai, and then he's a this, and then he's a that. Why? Because there's a work to be done. There's a purpose. There's a mission. So that's how we need to see it. We need to get downloads to get equipped. How do we deal with the sick? How do we deal with demons? How do we deal with these things? How do we go on mission? What is the word we share? That's why we as a church do so much to equip you. I always say, once you've attended everything that we do in a week, then come up with new ideas. But until then, (laughs) please pray for us. Because we're busy. We're basically busy every night of the week now, and we're going to be busier still because there's more equipping to be done, and there's opportunities that we create so that we can be thoroughly furnished unto all good works, that we can be perfect, fresh, and complete. Not that we can be perfect, fresh, and complete. No, that we can know that we are perfect, fresh, and complete because in Christ you're already that. I know I'm talking very fast this morning, but it's helping you to, to get through some of this word. So, how do we get this? What is... The purpose of the flesh. John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh. Very important. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. How did it look? Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now link that with completion, perfection, fullness. You are full of God. You are full of grace. You are full of the truth, the true reality of what's really going on. Amen? It was made or became flesh, came unto flesh, into flesh. And one of the translators, one of the notes that I read says, that word was made, it means the spirit, a word, if you will, was married, became one with. That's marriage. I had, we did a beautiful marriage yesterday, a wedding, um, where some of you attended. And we, we spoke about team. We spoke about unity. We spoke about oneness. So that's really what the spirit of Christ came into the body of Christ. And there's a marriage, there's a unity, there's a oneness in that. So God is now in a man, and it is the Son of God and the Son of Man. That's the marriage of Christ in the flesh. Amen? You have the same Spirit. You have the same Spirit. We think about Jesus. Oh, amazing. He did these works. And then we don't like that verse, but you can do what I did and greater. Why? God is a spirit. 
What did the Israelites say? Our God is one God. There is only one. So if God was in Christ, then Christ is in you. The logic isn't that difficult, is it? The completeness of who God is. The fullness of the Godhead. There's a, I saw the CDs this morning. Please take them. Complete, and there's Afrikaans still volledig. Because I didn't realize what I'm going to say today. is It's all packaged in there. But it's really a building block. It's foundational for, for what we're sharing this morning. You are complete in Christ. You are volledig. You are married now. So why did Jesus need a body? That's, the, that, that's a million dollar question, by the way. Why did he need a body? Couldn't he just stay in heaven and, and enjoy the riches and the golden streets and, and, and intimacy with his father? So Hebrews 10 verse 1 says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of these things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comeness thereunto perfect. What does this say? Perfect. So the law cannot make you perfect. Why do people want the law? If Christ is your perfection, Christ is your completion, and the word says clearly, and I'm reading verbatim, the law cannot do that for you. Life and death, blessing and cursing, I put in front of you. You choose. You choose. For when they would not have ceased, or then they would not have ceased to be offered, I throw, it's, just, it's, a, it's a sarcastic question. Because that the worshippers once per should have had no more conscience of sin. You see, that's the problem. It's not God's wrath and God's anger, it's our conscience. And that's a teaching for a whole different day, but the offering was not for God, it was for us. We had a problem with our conscience, and we knew that we couldn't pay to clear our conscience. So God sent a bigger payment, His Son, to take away sins so that we could sleep at night. That's the story. And He came as one of us. But we know He's more than us because He was the spotless Lamb, the sinless one. And He died on a cross in the hands of angry sinners so that we could live in the fullness of of what he came to give. And yes, through that, he took away the keys from hell. He took away the authority of, of, of Satan. And um, I listened to a song this morning and it said, he stole the authority. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Jesus is not a thief. John 10 tells us who the thief is, by the way, and it's not the devil. It is religion. It is self-effort. It is the law. It is trying to make things right with God. The thief that steals from you is when you try to earn your perfection. And you often do that in the flesh. The flesh is really in the way, by the way. <laughs> and that's what, we'll, what I'm trying to get to, but we're running out of time. For then they have not ceased to be offered, because the worshippers, one spirit, should have no more conscience of sin. So you see, if the sacrificial system worked, there would be one sacrifice, and then their consciences would be cleared. But that's not the case, so now they come here by here, day by day, week by week, and they do all these ceremonies. But verse 3 says, But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God. That does what? Takes away the sin of the world. So the old system cannot take away the sin. It cleared your conscience until you woke up and said, Ah, I sinned again. Or maybe that wasn't, the payment wasn't enough. Now Christ comes and we know the payment is more than enough. And we receive that payment. We receive the righteousness. We say thank you. We receive new birth in that moment. And now we live spiritual beings.
That's really the story of the Bible. Verse 5. Wherefore, when we come into this world, he says, sacrifice and offering you would not. God doesn't want it, by the way. That's the words of Jesus. God, you don't want sacrifices and offerings. You don't desire them. But a body, a flesh, a son of man, you prepared for me. For who? For the Spirit of God, for Christ to now indwell. So that we can have that. That word body there means the body of a slave. Because we were slaves to sin. Where? In our bodies. And now when we get born from above, we become slaves of righteousness. That's last week's message. A body you prepared for me. Then he said, verse 9, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. You wanted to know what the will of God is? I present to you the will of God this morning. He takes away the first and he establishes the second. That's the will of God. He takes away the Levitical priesthood and he brings in the Melchizedek priesthood. Which, by the way, was the first intent. So the New Testament is really the original testament. And the Old Testament is the one that's done away with. Why? Because Galatians says that what came three or four hundred years after the promise to Abraham, what came three or four hundred years later? The sacrificial system with Aaron and the Levites cannot disannul the promises that were originally made to Abraham before the law existed. And now Galatians 3 and verse 13 and 14 says, Now Christ has done what? He's gone on the cross, and He became a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, tree of knowledge of good and evil, their tree, but He's no longer there, because verse 14 says, So that, what? The blessing of Abraham. The original promise could be fulfilled, which is the outpouring of the Spirit. You see, Melchizedek really is the pre-incarnate Christ. Because Hebrews says, he did not come in the order of Levi. He came in the order of Melchizedek. The one without start, without end. The righteous king. So now all of a sudden, we are right back in Genesis. And we're explaining Jesus from Genesis. It's simple. If we don't try and complicate it. (laughs) It's really simple if we don't try and complicate it. But we need to, to do a lot of rewiring. Anyone with me? We need to do a lot of rewiring. Because when Jesus said, when Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. We we need to, to, to take that. And we need to apply that. When? Yesterday is Genesis. Tomorrow is forever. It's Revelation. So he's the same. He's not angry in the old and happy in the new. He's not angry ever and then Jesus just jumps up and... The blood. Father, remember the blood. Remember the sacrifice. No, he's not like that. The flesh was prepared for us. So that we can have a clear conscience. Because I think it's Colossians that says, You are enemies... And aliens of God, where? In your mind. Not in God's mind. Yo, I'm seeing Frachtekens this morning. What I'm doing is, I'm challenging how you read the word. I'm challenging some of our core beliefs in terms of what is Jesus all about. 
Because if we're not going to be challenged and we're not going to be willing to, to, to investigate for ourselves, we're not going to grow. Amen? So I'm not giving you... I'm not give, as a pastor, you're not supposed to, to minister questions. So I'm not ministering questions. I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm pressing some buttons. Okay? We're going to land the plane now and I'll send, send you out and you'll feel warm and fuzzy and that's fine. But I want to take some of the verses that we even have on our fridges or that we post on Instagram, and I want you to, to take them to the extreme. I want you to lift them out. I want you to get all the juice that God has in there for us. And maybe on that, a quick word on translations. I'm very careful for translations, because translators have revelations, and some of them good, some of them bad. Whether it's a good or bad revelation, it's irrelevant. Because once you interpret a verse with a revelation, you step away from the fullness that is in the original intent. So when I read the Passion Translation, I read it as a commentary. But I always go back to a King James, which is a close version or a Young's Literal, to see what is, what is the lemon. Because the Passion gives me the lemon juice. But maybe there's something in the pip. Maybe there's something in the, in, the, in, the, in the skin of the lemon that God also wants to talk to us. So if we only get the juice and we depart from that, now you see how it gets dangerous. So we need to celebrate revelation, but we not need to celebrate it at the cost of truth, because the truth is all-compassing, it's all-complete, it's all-perfect. So you can take a step into a revelation, but come back into the fullness of what God has for us. Because I'm teaching verses now that I've taught for years, and I'm teaching them in a different way. Because I've gotten a new revelation, because I'm willing to stick it out with even difficult English and stuff, because I need to study the Word. Okay. When you read, read. But be careful. <laughs> study the Word. Study the Word. And that's what I'm doing you this morning, giving you homework. Amen? A body is prepared for me, sanctified. Listen to verse 9. Then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified. How? Through your confession. Through your giving. Through your works. Through your serving in the dream team. No, through the offering of the body. That's why there's a body, so that it could be offered. Amen? Once and for all. One sacrifice offering for all sin, for all humanity, for all time. And guess what? It's not you. Again, it's much better news, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that you took on the life of a sinner, that you became as us so that we can be like you are. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For this man, what man? The man, Jesus, the body. It's important, the word man. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins for how long? Forever. What man? It's not you. Gents, it's not you either. This is not one of those men and ladies things. This is Jesus. <laughs> he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, now sat down at the right hand of God. So if you're sacrificing, you are not where Jesus is, because Jesus is no longer sacrificing. He is seated in the right hand of the Father, and therefore Ephesians 2 says, now you're with Him. So get away from the sacrifices. You are complete in Christ. It's funny. <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny how we, we miss this. Listen to verse 14. For by one offering, 
He has perfected, completed, refreshed, renewed. How many offerings? One offering. One offering. Not once a day. One offering. For how long? Forever. For whom? Them that are sanctified. Who's them that are sanctified? Those who are justified. What does justified mean? It means you have the right to forgiveness. You have the right to righteousness. You have the right to eternal life. But you bank the check. That's your choice. That's what Jesus came to do. He wrote a check for all of us. Eternal life. Forgiveness. Sanctification. Justification. Peter, there you go. Leon, there you go. Herman, there you go. Malisa, there you go. I don't live it. I don't see it. I don't feel it. Have you banked the check? Do you believe? Do you receive? Did you confess? Did you see it in your heart? Are you living now as a spiritual man? Because if you live spiritual, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim, including sins, temptations, lusts, and all these things so many Christians struggle with. You see, if our identity is spiritual, the things of this world grow strangely dim. Where? In the eyes of His glory and grace. Lord, I've got problems. Lord, I've got troubles. Lord, things are not working out as I planned. Lord, my heart is aching, but I'm spiritual. I'm forgiven. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the King. I'm one with Him. You see, that's how you overcome fear, stress, and anxiety. Is not focusing on the problem, but focusing on the God in you, not the problem around you. Has done what? Perfected, completed, literally accomplished, consummated, consecrated, finished, fulfilled, and made perfect. What? Forever them that are sanctified. I'm closing with this. It says, Hebrews 10, 18. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. I'm not going to take up your money and say, now you're going to pay for your sins. Giving is as you purpose in your heart. That's New Testament giving. 10% is a good start, but you're not, you're not conforming to this world. You're not conforming to the patterns of this world. You're not conforming to, to the tithe. Because the tithe is not what you purposed in your heart. If you purpose 10% in your heart, then you're going to give according to the tithe. Well done. But if you want a purpose in your heart, be open for God to show you what He wants you to give. Because otherwise we're living in the Old Testament. We're not living in the fullness of the reality. It's good to give. But we don't give to get. We give because we've got. Be content with what you have. Now if you give to get, that's discontentment. That's covetousness actually. We give because we have. We give because we've got more than enough. We give because the gospel needs to get out. We give because that's what generous love does. God so loved the world that He gave. My new nature is giving. It's gracious. It's giving. It's overflowing. It's not for me. It's for them. It's for those who haven't heard the gospel. Now where remission of these is, there's no more offering of sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which He has consecrated for us. How? Through the veil. That is to say, His flesh. The purpose of the flesh was so that you and I can now live on the other side of the crucified cross, the crucified flesh of Christ, that we now enter into the Holy of Holies 
boldly, by the way, and we say, when we already stand. So where you enter to where you already are, how does that work? In the spirit, you're one with God. Your mind needs to catch up. And that's the journey that we're on. It's figuring out, unscrambling these eggs of a willing spirit and an unwilling flesh. But there is a reason for the flesh so that Christ could come as one of us so that we could live not as He was, but as He is. Because 1 John 4.17 says, As He is, so will you be in this life. As He is currently, seated at the right hand of the Father, so you can be in this life. And yes, Jesus did some great things on earth. Amen? But how many people did He get born again? Did He just heal, feed? Did He minister to the flesh or the spirit? I believe both, but again, we can get into that debate later. But the more, you'll do more than I did, is resurrection power. It is sharing the gospel, the news of what He did. Because before the cross, it was only a promise. After the cross, it's news. Now it's the good news of what happened that gets people saved. The very word, the incorruptible seed that gives us eternal life, that gives us the Spirit of God. Amen? that help anyone? Let's stand together. Father, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You that we get to celebrate who He is, not just who He was, that we get to celebrate the spiritual side of things, that we get to, to, to be exercised in the Spirit, that we get to live accordingly, Father, and that we're not conforming to the patterns of this world, this age, this generation even, Father, but that we can be transformed to live as who we are, born from God, born from above, born of the Spirit. And Father, as we figure out how to live this out, help us to just be patient even with ourselves. As we unwire and rewire our thinking according to Your Word, Holy Spirit, thank You that You've promised us in Your Word that You will help us with this. I just feel that's a prayer for us this morning. And if you feel a bit confused, the Holy Spirit promised that He will help you to understand us. It's His function it's His purpose. He is the Spirit of truth. He's the helper. He's the leader. He's guiding you into the full revelation of what the spiritual realm really is all about. He's comforting us, yes, but He's comforting in us in our spiritual identity. Isn't that the highest form of comfort? I think that's where we started the service. Is if we realize who we are in the Spirit, then we're comforted even in the midst of troubles in this world. We become... Un unsettled or, or we become settled no, the things of this world don't, un, don't, don't destabilize us we become firm rooted and grounded in His love we build our lives we build this church we build our houses our families on the rock the rock of our foundation the rock of life the rock of Christ Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the offering of His flesh. That we, through that and because of that offering, 
can be justified, can be forgiven, can be righteous, and can receive life eternal. Because of one sacrifice for all sin, for all men forever. And if you've never banked the check, I'm not a universalist. I don't believe everyone's going to be in heaven. Not at all. Otherwise, I'm wasting every breath of my, my morning this morning. You need to receive. You need to believe. You need to say yes. You need to say, Lord, I give over my life. Lord, I haven't got it figured out, but I see Christ has got it figured out. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I see you know what you're doing. Lord, I don't know how to get out of my mess, but I know you can help me out of my mess. Lord, I'm not sure how I'm going to live forever or if I even want to, Lord, but I can see that in Christ, I've got the righteousness of God now in Christ Jesus. I've got the riches of heaven. I've got the Spirit of God. I've got full access to all of that right now. And all you need to say is say yes. It's say yes to God. Let go of holding on to your own efforts this morning. Let go of trying and trying and trying to be perfect. Let go of those addictions this morning because in Christ Jesus you are more than an overcomer. Let go of those temptations this morning because even when your flesh is tempted, your spirit is righteous. Even when you say sorry a thousand times, you are still forgiven because you are perfectly sealed by the Holy Spirit. Even if you have an ache in your heart, and I just feel this morning, there's someone here with an emptiness inside of them. And I want you to let the life of God flow into that body right now. Just receive that light. Receive that warmth. Don't wait for what you wait for. Wait on God. Don't keep on waiting on what you're waiting for because God is not going to have to prove Himself to you in fulfilling the promise because He's already fulfilled the promise in Christ. Because in Christ, every promise of the Old Testament is yes, because He was the promise. <laughs> you see how it works. We make it carnal. God promised me a car. God promised me a house. No, He didn't. Your carnal man did. He promised Christ. And He fulfilled that promise. Every promise of the Old Testament is yes in Jesus Christ. And how do you tap into that? You say, Amen. We add our Amen. We add our agreement. We say, Yes, Lord. And yes, then things happen and then money comes in and we go to Albania and, 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 and crazy things happen and people show up at airports and help us with, with carrying things and pushing babies around and all of those things happen, but that's not the promise of God. That's because you're attentive to the Spirit. Someone here, you're waiting for a spouse. I promise you, your, 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 your joy is not in that. Your joy is in Christ. Find your joy in Christ and then you will be a much better spouse potential. There's someone here you're waiting to get out of debt. Celebrate as if you are. Celebrate as if you are. There's someone here that you've been so disappointed by a relationship and you thought he was the one. And it turned out it wasn't. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Even if you went too far, forgive yourself. Those things that we're ashamed of, we don't camp there. One thing we do is we look forward. One thing we do is we look up. One thing we do is we live in heaven. And as it is in heaven, so will it be on earth. If we reign in this life. And how do we reign? Romans 5.17 If we receive an abundance of grace. 
and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in this life. Not if you find a spouse or a baby or a fulfillment or a house or no debt or a better job. No, if you receive the gift of righteousness and an abundance of grace, that is what you need. And guess what? Then God opens the door from that place. He opens up opportunities because now you see things as it really is. Now you see things the way God sees it. Now you live in hope. Now you have a likeness and you, 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 you have a hipple in your stuff, man. But because you know God is on your side, but He's not just on your side, He's inside. And whatever this world brings is trying to get you away from the knowledge of the truth that you are one with God. I'm going to say that again. All the noise that you experienced in this week and that you are going to experience as you leave here is to distract you from your oneness with God. All the noise. And it's going to come because Mark 4 says it will. The crows are going to come and pick up the seeds of life that were sown in this place this morning. But you get to hold on to God. You get to hold on to truth. You get to purpose what He purposed. You get to be content. You decide your level of contentment. God cannot do it. God is not control of, in control of your contentment. Sobering thought, by the way. You are. Be content with what you have. And before you know it, more will be added, but we don't live for the more. Because we live for what we've got. And what we have is Christ. What we have is the very Spirit of God. You cannot get more than what you've got if you're in Christ. Yes, these things He will add. Matthew 6 says it beautifully. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not your righteousness. Not you working for His righteousness. Not you confessing your sins and you giving and you tithing. No, His righteousness. Yesterday I read in, at, at the wedding, Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And we say, Amen. But we don't read on. And it says, And every tongue that rises up against you, you will condemn. Now we're waiting for God to condemn those people who speak ill against us. No, you condemn them. You reign in this life. You've got the authority because Christ now lives in you. And then it says something about, And they who will live according to His righteousness. That's what the verse is about. But we make it about the, the weapons. Because the carnal man understands that. We don't make it about speaking life. And we don't make it about His righteousness. Now the New Testament says, Hey guys, that verse, actually, this is how you read it. Seek first His kingdom. Seek first His righteousness. And from that place, now you condemn every word because now you've got authority. From that place, now you know that you've got authority so no weapon formed against you will prosper. You're not hoping that it wouldn't. You're telling it that won't. Because as it is in heaven, where you are, so let it be on earth. You need healing, you take it. You speak it. Someone else needs healing, you give it. Because the healer lives in you. You're not pleading for it. I prayed for my uncle. God, if it's your will, please heal him. Guess what? He's dead. It wasn't God's will to kill him. I didn't understand my authority. If I had another chance to pray that prayer, I'd pray it very different. And my four cousins would perhaps their father still. 
but we learn. We grow. We forgive ourselves. We look forward. And we let what is inside stir up until it overflows. Amen. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Let's be who God has called us to be. Let's live this life. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.